0: Welcome to The Extra Podcast. On this episode, we have Jeff Bucknam, Ezra Cody, Thalia Sawatsky, and myself, Greg Harris. We are going to be talking about uh, peace with God, peace within, and peace with others. And you're going to hear a little bit of a conversation about what Ezra and Thalia have in common and a bit of a social media thing we'll feature in the coming week. So thanks for listening. If you have any questions, please email us at extra at northview.org. We'd love to hear from you. Without further ado, here's the episode. Thanks for listening to the extra podcast. Uh, so, guys, it, we are well and truly in the midst of the Christmas busyness. How, how are you guys feeling? Are you feeling the feeling the crunch in the schedule?
1: Greg, there is no crunch in the schedule <laughs> because I haven't begun shopping yet.
0: Oh, Okay, that's a good question. So,
1: I'm just chilling like it's, it's a normal week. That's when, like
2: an annoying question, though. Are you huh? ready for Christmas?
0: Yeah, I don't. Are you kidding? Yeah.
2: Not had, till the 24th. Of course. <laughs>
0: Thank you, sister. Uh huh. Yeah. So when when do you do your Christmas shopping, Thalia?
2: Uh, in bits and pieces wherever I can fit it in. Panicking till the last minute because I got to go somewhere and buy some kind of appetizer or dessert or something, and it's never done.
3: Okay, you have to buy an appetizer or dessert Mm -hmm. for parties for everything. You don't make them. You don't make your own dessert. So if I go to a party, Thalia, where you are, I'm eating. A store-bought dessert. Is yeah, that what you're sometimes. saying to me? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm not going to No, we party. thank
1: God for Costco.
2: That's for sure. Yep. And they, let market.
3: Around this time of year, Costco.
2: Mm-hmm. God bless
3: you. Um, Greg, the answer to the question uh, about the shopping is Cyber Monday. And I'm <laughs> not entirely true. sure why there, there's any other answer. Like, right. who wants to go to the stores anymore?
0: I, I do.
3: Yeah, okay. You do?
0: I walk in the mall... With a general game plan on a particular afternoon, and I just
3: knock it all out. Wow! Imagine, imagine what it would be like if you sat on the couch in your jammy pants, yeah, and did that within the hour. Okay, you...
2: I have an even better one. I just gave my kids money and said, "You go buy your presents, and you show and tell on Christmas morning."
1: Oh, That's just ridiculous. Okay, oh, here's yeah, so yeah. I love, yes, uh-huh. I like this so idea. I'm
2: not shopping for them. So follow oh, up.
3: Oh, I love this idea. <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> you, what are you do do doing here? This? What's what am your I... job here? <laughs> No, what what do you do?
2: Oh, today I'm not the care pastor. I you Took are, that hat off already. You're the
3: pastor of care. <laughs> yeah, she's caring for people.
2: I mean, That's right. caring yeah. for myself. Do
1: you know? Do you know the letdown on Christmas <laughs> Eve or Christmas Day when you're opening a gift and then you realize this is not what I wanted? Mm-hmm. This way, she's empowering her children yeah. to pick what they want. So <laughs> self-centered,
2: it's and ridiculous. then she gets surprised. No, self-care. Yeah, then
1: she gets surprised. <laughs> Uh, that they got what they got for themselves and they love it. And Tele is happy uh-huh. to see them happy, everybody's happy,
2: okay? Perfect, yeah.
1: Rather than hanging on to this gift receipt and waiting until Boxing Day or 27. Oh, oh I lost the receipt, oh. now I have to keep this outfit. We're uh, on the same page, you know Ezra. Oh, this is good, yeah. Dear sister, high five, <laughs> high five. There you go, can hardly reach across well, the
0: table.
3: That looks like a couple Scrooge's <laughs> at the table. <laughs> totally.
0: Do you guys ask? people for christmas lists or mm-hmm. do you just like go and
3: you think about nope. it thoughtfully my mm-hmm. daughter had 40 things on the list yeah. <laughs> she had actually 40 spaces but she could only get through six things so there's like numbers whatever seven through 40 are, pony, in, are currently pony empty of I, don't, I think a pony might have been on there because yeah. she was running out of stuff to ask for <laughs> yeah. she was like yeah i might as well go for the go for, i might as well shoot for the stars here might get oh. the moon
2: I have one kid that wants all surprises. I'm like, yeah, not happening. And the other one wants everything that's only on the list.
3: And that's the child you love.
2: (laughs) It's easier.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Surprises. Right.
2: We just have to go hunt for stuff like you're talking about. right?
0: No, good. Hey, so we are, uh, we're in the crunch of the season and... Uh, we wanted to kind of format the the podcast this this week around, actually, the the points from your sermon this past week, Jeff. So you, you talked about how Jesus is uh, the better peace for us, and uh, you had three points. I did. Peace with God, peace with others, and peace
3: within. And I appreciate s- you bringing it back to memory. You like that? Yeah, I usually put it out of my memory okay. as soon as it's over.
0: And then you're like, that's it.
3: That's Done. it. Done. Done. Dead to me. I'm kidding.
0: We... Uh, Adam and I, Adam, he's been hosting the podcast the last few weeks, and him and I were were chatting a little bit about how to kind of mix in your sermon structure and the season that that we're in with the busyness, and we thought uh, to kind of take each of those points and give people some pragmatic, practical ideas of how do we actually try to do each of these things in the midst of the craziness of the Christmas season that we're in. And so if you guys are willing to play along, which is like a legitimate question— if they're willing to play along, we'll see how the conversation actually goes. But that's the intention. Let the listener hear the intention of the episode, and then we'll see how this actually plays out because uh, we, have, uh, we have three people with distinct personalities. Wow. Well, we had a staff meeting this morning with lots and... of
2: good snacks and goodies. So Jeff should be in a good mood.
0: Did we? Wow. So yeah. the staff thing, we had gingerbread houses that we yeah. could make, and there was confusion about when to do that. And Ezra chastised me. For Why? wanting to start before I was allowed, but then he never gave us the freedom to do it. So I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling like I need to just like get over you that. Need some hurt. therapy. So yes. when you made
3: your gingerbread house, yep. and when you make gingerbread houses in general, are you uh, one of the more um, uh, directive? Like I, there are little creases in this house, so I'm going to fill this house houses creases. creases with uh, the the the, the goo, so that it looks. Like the person who put the thing together designed it to be, but just in color. As the good Lord intended, you mean? Or are you are you like, well, me, where my goal is just to slather all the stuff yeah. on there and just what where however the spirit moves. Like I've got a Pentecostal house and yours is <laughs> totally. Presbyterian.
0: Totally. No, actually my my suggestion to the table was instead of actually decorating the house, why don't we just have one of the gingerbread men holding like, an icing line of candy and, like, three things on the house to make it look like he's going up there to do it. Uh, so you really good. only decorate, like, a tiny bit of the house. What, but, then you eat the but rest? The, but the concept no, is it looks that he's like, working it on it. It looks
3: like he's doing it, but he didn't do it. So you... You get the best of both worlds, right? That it's a bit of a story. It's a story. It has too it's much also thought. there's little there's little uh, actual effort that you actually have to put in. <laughs> this is good, okay, Greg. So I let like me, it.
1: Uh, let me ask this question. Uh, of course, I see. I've, I my kids have done one gingerbread house in my, at our place, but I have no idea what this whole gingerbread yeah, house I don't thing either. is like. No. What What is it? The like, idea is
3: that you decorate it and then you eat it, but nobody wants to eat nobody it. Nobody wants to decorated. eat it.
2: No. Yeah. Okay, no, you eat so, most of the candy as you build it. So
1: you, you don't know where it came from, like this tradition, this thing, because uh, there's some people who are really no. big in, into
3: probably
0: it. Probably some uh, weird Anglo European. Ba- if dude, there's a really listener s- out there who knows the background, feels Norwegian <laughs> to me. It does. It feels a bit Nordic. Yeah. It does. Know?
3: It does. It feels like it's from, you know, Latvia or something.
0: The sun hasn't come up for hours, and yeah. they are thinking, watch what, what can can we, we do. <laughs> 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 it's a bit uh, Russian there, that
2: accent. Yeah. It's good. I
0: don't think Latvia is in the Norwegian and the Scandinavian sure area, but I think it's more like Russian. And Is it? You, I think so. It's wow. okay. We'll let the listener hear. <laughs> uh, hey, talking about structure of the podcast... Uh, your first point your sermon Jeff was peace with god so here's the here's the question for our first kind of round of conversation uh, how in the midst of the busyness of the Christmas season do we actually uh, make sure that we our mind and our attention isn't just on the the busyness and the things that we have to do but is actually on to quote the cheesy saying the reason for the season. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so I'm going to try to, to throw a monkey wrench in this at the do very get go, Greg. Do and it. And I have a feeling that earlier on, when you were talking about how how if we're if Jeff if we're willing to play along, that was mostly gain, aimed at me. Uh-huh. You'd be surprised that I think each of you <laughs> okay would be like, happy here's, to do that. No, I'm happy to play along. But here's yeah. my here's my thing. That's funny. Uh, my thesis or argument is that I think that there is a belief among us that. Um, that the god stuff is in the quiet and the other stuff is not the god stuff so you you have you have god time when you sit alone and look out wistfully across the bay you have god time when it, in the early morning when you can't when nobody's awake and it's just you there alone that solitude equals god time and that's what your goal is now listen i think that there's some biblical uh, support for that. I mean, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, and so clearly he got away from the crowd. So i in no way am I suggesting that you shouldn't do this, that quiet times aren't a valuable thing. In fact, I think they're wonderful, and I do think solitude is something that especially brings someone like me a, a kind of peace and joy. But, gosh, I gotta say, man, I think that God's in the busyness too. And so the question is, shouldn't be. And this is one of the things I was trying to bring up this weekend, even in passing in a couple of the comments that I made, that the goal shouldn't be so much, hey, how how do I find this time away so I can, you know, go and get get recuperated and then go back and waste all my energy and then go and get recuperated, even though I think that there's kind of a, a Sabbath value in that. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of so I think that's cool. But how shouldn't shouldn't we also have God with us in the busyness? Is it do you know what I mean? And do you need to be consciously thinking about Jesus all the time in order to trust that He is present and active and with you? So I don't know. So uh, I, I, you can hear my in my question in my statement. There is kind of a leaning toward the man. I think I think that we should just be actively incorporating. Uh, the the teachings of Jesus into their ev- in our everyday mm-hmm. life, and that Jesus is with me as much as as much in the shopping mall as he is in the in in wistfully looking over the bay. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Ezzy, let me get your thoughts on this. What why is it, from your perspective, do you think that we we tend to have this kind of divide between the, our time with God is when it's our quiet time, and then the rest of our time is kind of like our Our secular time, if there's kind of that sacred secular divide, why, why, Ezra, do you think that's the way? I think uh, many of us or all of us kind of have a default function that way. What's your what's your take?
1: I think my take would be um, we've made this divide because uh, in our day to day hustle bustle uh, hustle and bustle of life. We are so inundated with so much stuff. First, you have your schedule, and then there is just uh, things are going fast, and phone calls, and text messages, and emails, and job expectations, conversations, and meetings that you're having with people. So, uh, a lot of your time is spent on just go, 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 do, 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 get the task done, and people feel in their in their in the inner in chambers of their hearts a disconnect. Uh, they feel disconnected from God, and so they feel like. But why? Um, so, so, so let me finish. So they, no. so they, <laughs> so uh, so because they feel a disconnect with God, and because they've been taught either if if they grew up in the Christian in the Christian world, and so they went to camp and things like that, they're told, "Hey, you know what? There's this quiet time that you need to have. So don't talk to anybody. Take your Bible. Go by a stream. Go under a tree. Whatever." and just spend a quiet moment with God. And so they feel like, okay, I have to have this quiet place where I go and sit down and commune with God because uh, you can't be in, in, in a relationship with God or commune with him in the business of life where everything is go, 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 task, t- task lists need to be checked uh, to be checked and people need to be met with and engaged and so on. So I think it's an it's a problem of how people have been discipled in their in their their expectation I
3: hear you saying it's it the problem is in their expectations.
1: Yes. So I think I think we and when I say we I say we pastors or church leaders need to disciple people differently to say, yes, there is definitely rich, soul-satisfying times in the quiet moments under a tree with your with your Bible and with your Christian music or whatever it is there. But at the same time, you can also be very connected and very engaged with God in the midst of chaotic uh, task lists and jobs that need to get done and things like that. I think the, 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 the big thing would be, are you, even in the chaos... Uh, still making decisions that reflect that you're a disciple of Jesus. See, that's that's the point. But do
3: I have to feel that? It's, it's, I no. think that's the expectation no. that people have no. is that they have to have this kind of conscience, th- this this presence feeling. Yeah, and that it's a lot of this is rooted in in the way you feel about God. Yeah, but so, I think, like I and that's my that's I think that's been that's kind of my point is yeah. that I think that whether you feel that God is there or not he is there yeah. and i think that you can make decisions to obey jesus even if there aren't massive feelings and sometimes there will be you'll have more feelings i think when you go in solitude and you're in a beautiful place i mean thalia loves to go to whistler every year i'm sure she feels <laughs> yeah. kind of a, but, i think but, I'm sure but, she feels but, a kind of like connectedness there to god in ways that maybe she doesn't in other places yeah, but, but i'm saying that she's not I don't think that that's actually the case. I think she's as connected in the other places. Yeah, but but Jeff, but, Jeff,
1: but Jeff, I'm saying there there will be again, depending on what heritage you grew up in, Christian heritage. I mean, um, there are people who will say, you know what? I was discipled as a young person to, to to feel God. So be it in the quiet quietness of sitting on a tree, or in the busyness of shopping Christmas Eve, trying to get last minute shopping in. If I'm feeling God, that I'm good. So there are people who come from a heritage where experience with God, deep, intimate experience with God is feeling driven. There are people who have been discipled that way. And then there are others who would be like more conservative, you know. No, you sit down, you read a passage, you read it three times, four times, you begin to exegete it, and you figure out how you're going to apply it, and then you pray through it and things like that. So, But that is done under a tree, quiet, or in your room when you wake up in the morning. That's it. And then you go on with your life, your busy task list and whatever. To which I'm saying, I think we need to, 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 to disciple our people in such a way that they realize, okay, these are both end here. Uh, you can still be a, a, a disciple of Jesus, still be connected with God, even though you're necessarily not feeling driven, but you're consciously aware that, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus. How am I going to spend my money? How am I going to be hospitable to my neighbors? How am I going to love my family? How are we going to remember the birth of our Lord even as I'm busy figuring out what are we going to do for dessert? Costco or home bake? <laughs> right. If you're me or Thalia, Costco. Uh-huh. So
0: Thalia, help help uh, help the listeners, help me as a listener. So I'm a, I'm a dad. I have two young kids, have a, a job, a schedule, all kinds of things going on. How, how would you uh, coach someone like me in light of the conversation we've had of not, not dividing the quiet times from the busyness in terms of our, our walking with God? Coach me on how to actually maybe, maybe put some things into my mind or my, my life for the next week to actually live out some of the stuff we've been talking about.
2: For me, peace with God means having a good relational connection with Him. And for me, the only way I can have a good relational connection with God is to actually talk with him honestly about every single thing that's in my mind. All my fears, worries, the things that irritate me, the things that are aggravating me. And it's the same in my marriage. Mark and I have a better connection when we spend a lot of time talking and listening to each other. So that's really critical for me with God. So you may not know this about me, but I always take an extra long route to work in the morning, which is why I go through the drive through at Tim Hortons. <laughs> because my normal route would be 15 minutes, but that's not enough time for me to get out all my stuff in my head. So it takes me about half hour to get to work, and I just talk to him about everything that's irritating me, worrying me. I pray. I talk it through. It is... Just really important. That's probably that counseling therapy side of me. Mm. So, And then I continue to talk to him all day. As I'm washing the dishes and as I'm putting the laundry in, I just talk to him about the things that are on my mind. I pray for my neighbors. I pray for my parents. I The things that come to my mind about East Abbey, I pray about those. Mm. I'm constantly in connection with God because that means I'm I'm at peace with God. I am not at peace with God if I'm not talking to him because I'm, I don't know disconnected if i'm that's that's hard that i don't feel at peace with god
3: so i'm going to try to challenge thalia now okay because it's what i do uh i think you're at peace with god either way because i think that peace is uh at least the way it's described in scripture is the result of a legal standing Mm. with god Mm -hmm, so you're either at war or you're at peace Mm -hmm. uh and that has to do with your active rebellion against him. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of my, not concern, but this is kind of my point. When we hear these words, we always turn them into feelings. So I have peace with God. Well, when do I feel God? And I'm, I'm saying, actually, even in my sermon, that no, you're at peace with God if you have chosen to follow Jesus and acted by faith in the gospel, right? Therefore, since we've been justified with peace... Uh, sorry, justified by faith, we have peace with God, Romans 5.1. Yeah. And so it, it is a result of <clears throat> faith in what Christ has done. So regardless of whether or not you're busy or not busy or whatever, the peace with God is there. Now, whether or not you feel it or not, it doesn't change that fact. Of course I want to feel peace with God. Of course I do. But I think part of the problem in the Christian church is that people feel kind of an, a, a guilt almost, that they don't have this existential feeling of peacefulness in the midst of the season. And then they're like, oh, I'm just wasting the season away because I'm just spending so much time shopping and thinking about other people and trying to go to the parties and stuff and and act like a Christian at the parties. And I'm like, well, actually, that's the stuff. Like, that's actually what it means to be a Christian. Hmm. Should you get some time alone? I don't know. Should you? Maybe. Maybe. That's great. Like, if you want to have time alone, that's all. If you're tired and stuff, go go alone. Get spend some time on a walk or whatever. That's awesome. If you don't do that, are you sinning? No. Hmm. Do you not have peace with God? Well, of course you have peace with God. Do you understand? Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I just need to clarify that it's for me. It's definitely not based on a feeling because I have too many people that sit with me in the counseling rooms upstairs, and they'll say, "I feel peace with God in this decision that I Hmm. know is completely opposite to what the Bible." says to yeah. God's Word. So for me, it's not a feeling. It's a knowing that <laughs> I have confessed my sin, that I am in, I've repented of my sin. I am constantly walking in alignment with yeah. God's Word of the Bible, because feelings are so yeah. temporary yeah. and can be so I mean, misleading. Just,
3: what you just said is so, is so interesting. Let's, so let, here's, here's what they're saying. I feel a peacefulness about my active rebellion against the king
2: yes regularly i feel
3: good in my spirit about the war i am declaring on god
2: yes they do (laughs) like what yeah but so they're basing it very much on an actual feeling of feeling at peace i'm feeling at peace that i'm leaving my husband and i'm having an adulterous affair with someone else i'm feeling at peace because i'm living with my boyfriend i'm feeling i hear this
3: all the time and you're not at peace that's the point. Right. kind of the point I'm making. Right. You're not. You're not at peace with God, no. and it's not really about the feelings, even though no. they do come after after the fact. They do. So
2: when I talk with God honestly, though, that's a time when I'm reflecting on what's going on inside of me. Like, what do I need to confess? What do I need to change? What does God need to fix in mm. my heart? That's mm. the talking through, yeah. so yeah. I can hear it.
1: So I think I think there's there is there is. Uh two ways you can look at peace. There's a peace with God positionally where you yes. know Jesus Christ has paid for your sins past, present, future. Mm-hmm. Your your legal standing with God is secure. That never changes whether no. you feel it or not. It never changes. But then there is the inner turmoil that a Christian feels um, or experiences because of... Which is the, what I was talking the, the, about the, the in my troubles, third point. Yes, the troubles of life. Right. So the, the peace the, with
3: God yields the results of the other two. Right. So, peace so, with others and ultimately peace within. So yes. I, my, my what I find remarkable, though, mm-hmm. is that most of us, and I'm not suggesting anyone at the table except for you, Ezra, who did everything <laughs> wrong, that yeah. I, I, I think most of us jump immediately to that last one. When we talk about peace, when Jesus comes to bring peace, we think of the last one that I spoke of. When yes. ac- uh, actually most of the texts have to do the first two... <laughs> Yeah. just so you know it has to do mostly with the the pe- peace with God which is your chief problem in the world is that you and I the people are at war with God and yes. they need to they need to be at peace with him mm-hmm. or they will face the the judgment of a rebel yeah right and the first place that that's going to work itself out is in peace and relationships between each other yeah right can you be a Christian and not experience existential peace all the time yeah of course mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. can you be a Christian and unrepentantly continue in war with your brother and sister now. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm saying that the necessary outcome should be the second one, right? Mm-hmm. The peace with God is going to show its necessary outcome and peace with others. Mm-hmm. Will, will it be as consistently with peace within? Well, it depends on... That's part of what the point yeah. I was trying to make was that through prayer, you know? Like, yeah. Like, we it, don't it, really apply the gospel you know, and the knowledge that God is both transcendent and imminent in our lives and that his transcendence means he has power and his imminence means he cares. and So we don't really apply those things right. to our lives. And so we will feel a kind of peace oftentimes depending upon whether or not we're going to listen to what Jesus says about not worrying or present a request to God and the peace of God will that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. Yeah, makes so, sense?
1: yeah see, I think I think um, th- there is positionally this peace with God Justification. He died for you, paid for your sin. Yes. Which I agree with you translates to peace with others. But then the the peace within, yes, ought to. But then you have the peace within, which a lot of people wrestle with, people, Christians, wrestle with because of the broken, fallen world that we live in. And so there's constant turmoil where people are feeling like, my word. Um, things aren't going right, I don't feel settled in my spirit on this particular issue. I'm not questioning my position, salvation position with God, so questioning my salvation or what Christ has done. No, not questioning that. However, because of the fallenness of the world or my own personal struggles with sin and my fight, and I'm losing at this particular turn of this issue. So I feel I'm not at peace with God, not meaning positionally, but I just feel like my relationship with God is not what it needs to be because I realize I love this thing, this idol. I, I just discovered an idol in my life, or I discovered I love this thing more than I, than I, than I should really i've now turned something that was good into an idol the blessings that god has given me and now i love those things so much that they are robbing me or skewing my 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 view of it becoming hey i'm not this thing now defines my existence should it no so there is this inner, should I say, conviction. It could be
3: guilt. No, no it's a it Yeah, be... no, it's part of Christian life that you end up having those feelings. I still just, right. you know, I keep wanting to emphasize though that the solution to that problem that Paul points out is be who you are. Mm-hmm. And who are you? Well, you're somebody who's at peace with God. Mm-hmm. So, I, I my fear is that people are gonna that we use language like, well, I'm not at peace with God, but we are. You are at peace with God. I understand you're not experiencing the the hmm. emotional results of that. The, the existential emotion at but that what, point, yes. What, so what should you do about that? Well, you should yes. re- repent, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should pray, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's mm-hmm. the yeah. passage, yeah. as in Philippians 4. Yeah. You should remember, what? Uh, that you shouldn't worry, because God cares for you better than he cares for the, yeah. the lilies of the field. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the anxieties that come upon us uh, are there because they're, they're, they're theological problems, right? We're, we don't view God the way we should, we don't view ourselves the way we should, do you understand? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so those applications, those stem from a confidence that no matter what happens, uh, God is my friend, hmm. and he is, he's not my enemy, and I, I need to apply what that means and what it See, looks I think like. what you've
1: said there, I think, is really key, where you say God is my friend because m- most people or many Christians who either are struggling with a particular area and, they, and this thing continues to beat, beat them over constantly and there's a struggle there, they're trying to fight it, losing. In some cases, they think, okay, now God is mad at me And when something goes sideways in their lives, job loss, financial, whatever, they feel like, okay, this is now God beating me over the head because I suck at this particular area in my life. And so they make that correlation, and therefore they end up concluding, I'm not at peace with God because look at what God is allowing to come into my life, and I can see why he would allow that to come into my life because I struggle with... Envy, so Hebrews, or ch- he- Hebrews chapter twelve.
3: Whatever. Hebrews chapter twelve says mm-hmm. that the suffering happens to us because he's treating us as sons or yes. daughters. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a different image, right? Right. So as a father, I can put my kids through a bit of a ringer, not because I'm at war with them, but because they're my kids, and I right. want to see them. I want to see them redeemed. I want to see them renewed, and right. uh, I want to see their, them think well. That's the image that Christians should think about. I am a child of the living God, and the suffering that I face is there because God is chastising me, and by chastising, that sounds wrong, right? God is disciplining me in the same way that a personal trainer disciplines the person he's training so that the muscles grow. Hmm. So that's what's going on. You should come back this weekend, I'm going to talk about that this there weekend, you right? But, Yeah.
0: So uh, we're going to transition. We kind of talked about the first point and the third point all within that first conversation, which is uh, great. Uh, We're going to move on to a different conversation. Before I do that, though, uh, we did want to make everyone aware that uh, this week, uh, starting on Thursday uh, and every night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, there are uh, it's our laughing all the way event. And so a great night of comedy, a great opportunity for you and and for some of your neighbors and friends to come on out have a great uh, evening, have some good laughs. I was talking to Thalia earlier. She was (laughs) saying, I am excited to just laugh a bit in the midst of having all kinds of difficult meetings. And Uh so uh, if you was a
2: must to go to this thing, I need a laughing break.
0: There you go. Uh So uh, Thalia will be there. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't have tickets already, uh, they're available online still at northview.org, And there's also going to be some at the door when you arrive for $10. So we'd love to see you come on out to uh, one of those events, if it works in the midst of your busy schedule Yes, uh, of this season. Uh, and then kind of maybe wrapping up this episode or this, this conversation with uh, another aspect of this idea of, of the the busyness of the season, we're, we're all going to be going into different uh, parties and settings where we're with, a lot of people that we really enjoy, right? <laughs> like our Christmas staff elder party, that'll just be a good time of mm-hmm. en- enjoying people. But we're also going to be going to parties that we might not get along with those people quite as well. So I need you guys to coach me again through how do I go into the all these different events where I'm, I'm heading into situations where some of these relationships are thriving and some of them are not so much thriving how how do we go into the happiest time of the year supposedly with relationships that are not the happiest they've been
2: yeah let me dive in first yeah okay so i have so many practical things but i won't say them all because you'd be here for half an hour but you can come and talk to me if you want to about practical ideas because this is normal in my life. We've got extended family gatherings and all kinds of stuff. So with my family, we tend to kind of prepare in advance. So we have to often drive into Vancouver for an hour, so we'll sit in the car and we'll go, okay, what are the things we should not bring up at this <laughs> event? Landmine conversation. Don't mention that. Don't ask that question. Don't go there.
3: How long is that list?
2: <laughs> long. Wow. <laughs> and
3: Do you then, write him down? Yeah. Do you write him down? No. And then wait, when... No. When you're thinking about starting a next conversation, you're looking down and saying, nope, oh, can't we will do that We will poke one. each other, and we'll kick one.
2: each other, like, just don't go there. Like, for example, we have lots of people who are in our families that are single or newly married or those kind of things. They hate the questions like, are you dating anyone? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to get married? Like, those all just drive people bonkers. So, no landmine so don't ask any
3: questions about mm-hmm. their life. No. That's the first one.
2: And then the next thing we do is we ask... No well, politics, what, what no religion, no
3: Stop. talk about... Oh.
2: <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> what kind of questions should you be asking? What do we? Where did they travel to? Are they celebrating a special anniversary? Or do they just graduate? We should ask about some stuff. So we make sure that we have good questions ready to ask people. So at this last one, I asked them, so what do you like to do for fun at Christmas? I got some good conversation going. Or what are your favorite Christmas movies? Stuff like that. Just so you, general. You prepare for parties. I that do. Girl. Like yes. it, it was that a meeting. girl. a girl. Like, for years. We've done this for years. It helps because, yeah.
0: So when you haven't done that, have those parties gone for you?
2: I, I always expl- prepare. You,
0: you yeah. don't know a world. <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah,
2: just even for the like staff elder one, I have to prepare. We go through names because yeah. Mark's like, I don't remember who that person's married to. I'm like, okay, so okay. let's go through it in advance. Well, who should we talk to? What kind of questions should we ask them? What should we avoid? Yeah, yeah.
0: Like same next to Mark Birch and be like, don't bring
3: up this thing. <laughs> don't do. Do you know it's funny at the yeah. staff Christmas thing? Just as a complete aside. Yeah. Sometimes I go into the room and I we get there a little early and we sit down at a table where there's nobody. My wife and I just sit with nobody. And nobody shows up next to no us. No one joins your table. I have decided that I am. It's, I don't think, think I smell bad. I started is trying to wear good smelling stuff. <laughs> and I've decided that I am uh, anathema to we, some. We I, I a just seating like when somebody chart. walks in, somebody walks in and they look around the room and they see other people and they're like, so I can sit next to them. Well, only last decide, year we started oh, I can a sit next chart. to Jeff. I'll go somewhere else. And seriously, toward the end, and then finally Todd Wickens walks in and sits down next to me. Mm. Praise God. You have one friend. Look I at do. that. Yeah. It's very funny. I've gotten to My wife's like, what's wrong with you? I <laughs> not Yeah, it's, like, you're know, I, yeah, it's you're, just no being idea. you. We just could c- tell <laughs> the listeners what's wrong with you. <laughs> come
2: yeah, in, can come them, in last.
0: We could tell them what's wrong with you. <laughs> come late. <laughs>
3: yeah, totally. Pick a I table just last. just start <laughs> coming
1: late.
0: Uh-huh. And then you pick up, a table. Then I sit next to this
3: person. They're like, oh, um,
0: It's good modeling for the lead pastor to come late. i got to sit next to Come on. Yeah. Ezzy, what about you, man? how How do you, uh, how do you navigate all the different, you know, you know parties and stuff you go um, to?
1: I will say this: if I remember, if I remember, then I will plan. Someone like Thalia, but I would, um, that's if I remember. Because there's some years when I don't remember and then I go into this uh, Christmas gathering and then it doesn't really go very well. So I walk away from this thinking, I'm never going to do this again next year. (laughs) You know, because you're frustrated, things didn't go well, or it was just very awkward and whatever. But one of the things that I would do when I remember would be, uh, making a point of not talking about myself, but just asking them questions to show that I actually care. Mm-hmm. So uh, about their lives, how their jobs are going, mm-hmm. and how their social activities, and if I know what their hobbies are, or if they're interested in sports or whatever, then we'll just, I'll, I'll think of any sporting story that might be interesting or controversial in that particular sport mm-hmm. they enjoy, mm. bring it up, and the conversation becomes a wonderful time, a wonderful evening of talking about this and reminiscing the past uh, past leagues and past winners, and if I know much about that sport, then yeah. So just allowing people to share their story and talk about themselves uh, has made those meetings less awkward. Yeah. But the moment I bring up what I am passionate about, yeah. that's when the stink shows up uh-huh. because I don't know how they'll respond if I bring Christ to the conversation yeah. or my political view about a specific thing. So you, thing. you avoid so, talking about Jesus. Um,
3: <laughs> that's what I just what heard. Because that's when the stink shows up. Yeah, Ladies <laughs> and <Mr. where> gentlemen, <laughs> the, Pastor Ezra <laughs> Kutty. <Kepti. laughs> do, do you guys
0: notice over the last few, I don't know, years, let's say... Yeah. Like a, a a decrease in actual engagement in conversations with oh, yeah. smartphones, that kind of stuff. Oh, totally. Like, is this yeah. kind of a like a an well? Part of the real problem. Part of the reason yeah. we're so bad
3: at it is because people are seriously. If you think about it, younger people nowadays, they're they're really unaccustomed to having to make conversation with people they don't know or like or like. We're really they're really bad and very very shy and very insecure. Mm-hmm. So. I have found, along Ezra's lines, that if you ask enough questions to people, you will find common ground with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't care who they are. I've had I've had discussions with people <laughs> who are very different than me, but then we get into cricket. And I'm like, I'm in, because I know cricket. I've played right. cricket. I know right. how that goes. And I mm-hmm. tell my story about how I was on the same dance floor as Shoah Bakhtar, And they're like, oh, no, I'm going to Shoah And I love it. And then we're away. And if they like f- soccer, oh, we're really away. Or right. football, or and this is Whatever. why sports are great yeah. because you can find common ground with nearly anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you have interest in those things or know even a little bit, people love to talk about their. Right. And their even interests. if you don't
2: find common ground, you can learn something. You can learn about some hobby you've never tried before or something. Yeah. And well, but if you ask enough questions,
3: yeah. even about that hobby, yeah. you're like, okay, so wait, how does this work? Uh-huh. Yeah, It's interesting. Yeah. If it you show good. interest, you're yeah. in. Uh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So you really have kids. to be on though, like you have to be really prepared at these things to kind of engage with people. I find like
3: play be a good sport and you know. also be willing to play video games with the kids, <laughs> and that you know, solves but, all the problems.
1: But you all. Know, what 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 I found? What I found particularly with awkward um, awkward relationships that uh, people may have in in this in these kinds of settings, like you and me. If yes, like you and me. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm listening Um,
3: intently to what he says right now. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) What I've found is if you show interest in uh, that person's life and what their interests are, and it's just a genuine interest you want to know and you celebrate their wins and you you show uh, sadness to failures or... um, or areas where they, they did not succeed and you actually are compassionate and empathetic with them there, the likelihood of them giving you opportunities to bring up a topic that would probably be divisive with them mm-hmm. increases. And they'll, they'll, give you, they'll give you patience and maybe just a few moments for yep. you to, if it is, if it is uh, religion... They'll allow you to share Christ a little bit with them, right? Because they already they you already have rapport with them. Yes. you've yeah. already established that right. you're not you're not right. mean or just, yes. you're actually interested in them. Yes. Yes. so
3: in the end, yeah, absolutely. Their God yeah, God goes down. Yeah. In fact, that's part of the part of the thing. Don't you? You have to earn the right to talk to people about about any kind of controversial subject. Oh yeah, yeah. Like even to bring it up, and unfortunately, that's not the way it works. So, Often we jump no. right into those conversations yeah. instead of developing some kind of rapport. Though, though again,
1: though again, I think if we walk into th- these uh, meetings or conversations, depending on who the person is, there are people who are conversation hoggers, and they will talk about themselves and dominate the conversation, and you never got a word in. So walking into them with no agenda but just seeking to hear them. Mm-hmm. If they give you an opportunity and the opportunity is right there, you can walk into it.
2: But see, these are the but things it's we not, talk about. then
1: you hold back and you just yeah. say, hey, I did not go there to share me.
2: Well, that's what we I talk about in the car, like when we travel as a family. It's like just expect that so-and-so might talk a really long time or so-and-so might not speak up much at all. So you kind of talk in advance about how you're going to deal with these different kinds of dynamics and personalities. Or I'll say to my kids, if you're struggling, go and help in the kitchen. Or go play with the pets or the little kids or go mm. sit with the grandma because you can find somewhere that you can, you know, sort of have a good evening if you kind of prepare for it.
1: The, the only, for me, though, what I don't like <laughs> that I can <laughs> never get out of is you've had the meal, the conversation is fine, and then they bring something that I find is just nails on the chalkboard. Playing board games.
0: <laughs> oh, intre- you don't <laughs> like is? board games? I loathe with really everything
1: in me. Wow. With e- and my wife, she is the 180 opposite. She loves board games. She
0: does. I've been at parties yeah. with her. And she have, is- you,
1: have you ever found, have you seen me near there? No. Exactly. Because I am not a board game guy at all. Really? So every time we go to this Christmas gathering, As I'm a, always thinking. I'm going to
3: give you a piece of advice here, okay? Oh, yeah. When it comes to the board games, yeah. you got to you do what I do, what? and you just find a way to cheat. <laughs> okay, and it is actually Lose good quickly. fun. It is good oh, fun to cheat I, your way through a board game, I and d- people are like, "You're so good at this," and you're like. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Or oh, worse, Ezra is like the charades or things like board games. I can oh, choke my way through. I also hate them. I, I'm with you, Ezra. Not even but, anywhere. Like, charades, mm-hmm. brutal. Like oh stuff. no,
3: Greg. Just nothing quite like a good game of Risk, right, buddy? <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh my word, Ezra. Of I'll go pretend. do dishes instead.
1: Oh, y- y- me too. Uh huh. Oh my word. <laughs> I'm headed I to tried. the kitchen. So so. Oh man. For me, I try and find a way. So you, and oh. I,
3: you and I are gonna seriously. I'm gonna kidnap you. We're gonna hold you up in some room where we're gonna lock no. it, and you are having. Uh, we're gonna play Risk for the rest no. eight <laughs> straight hours of, of Risk. Settlers
2: of That would
1: just <laughs> it's gonna carry would on over to me, alive. Days. And my kids and my wife, board games and their tails. Oh, I know what I'm getting you oh for my. Christmas. Oh no!
2: There's oh. It's there's, a Monopoly. Board, it's there's a, a new oh board no. game called Abbotsfordopoly.
0: Really? Somebody oh. told
2: me about that. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is
0: old hand, the like. Well, I was wondering.
2: Of... I hear Duft and Co. is on there, but I'm wondering which businesses made it to Abbotsfordopoly. Oh. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. There's uh-huh. like four churches as the railroads. <laughs> that is interesting. That'd <laughs> uh-huh? be good to
3: check out. <laughs> we'll see. Well done.
0: Why don't, okay. Yeah. If you, uh, you want to help us out, with our friends who dislike fun it'd be great for you to send us an email at extra at northy.org and suggest some board games I'm convinced (laughs) that the Venn diagram between podcast listeners and board game aficionados is that's a fairly large crossover area there I think it's probably fairly close so if you have a board game that you're thinking right now if they only played this one (laughs) You need to email that to extranorthy.org and we will at some point in the next year we will try to get oh, Ezra great. and Thalia in the staff room with great. one of our staff members, and we will take playing a picture game. for social media of those two playing that board <laughs> oh, game oh, my against word. each other. I'm sure there are some dishes. Against each other. <laughs> Josh, be, oh. Josh is It'll producing be a this short game. He's oh, producing so this Jordan. episode. Josh, are you a board game guy? Love board games. He's a big board. I w- oh. would saw that, see that coming. Oh my! Josh will play the board game with Thalia and Ezra if we need a fourth person we'll find another staff person to do that oh, so please dear. send oh, in a board man. game option We're extra toast. at northy.org oh, and yeah, you will so see on, on social media in the coming weeks those two will live Facebook feed it <laughs> the board game <laughs> the Greg game. Uh, next week is so our good. Christmas
3: podcast is it? I don't know actually probably uh, I'm hoping the right? next week is a Christmas podcast so you'll want to tune in for that one because every year we usually do a Christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. delightful fun yeah. good thanks for listening